This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And good evening, Hearts of Oak. Thank you so much for joining us again. And we'll just wait till my mod team can tell me if we are all live. If you're watching on Rumble, if you're watching on Getter, if you're watching on the website, watching on Twitter, DLive, CloudHub, however you're watching, great to have you with us. Thank you so much. I assume we will be live on all of those. I'll try and look at your comments down the sides i see getter is live so i'm sure everything else and it's an absolute pleasure to have mr matthew tierman back with us once again matthew thank you good to be with you peter <laughs> it's a pleasure being with you last time you blew up sweden not brazil's turn so <laughs> i think we talked about sweden we did france germany all the sovereignist movements in europe it was europe i guess now latin america's my beat now you're going Latin. All good. You can follow Matthew, of course, at Matthew Tiermont on Getter, on Twitter. And he is regularly on uh, on War Room, uh, yeah. giving an update of what's happening. I think Matthew and Gateway Pundit are the two main sources right. for actually yeah. getting an update on what's happening in Brazil. But Matthew, in Brazil, the elections were... 2nd and 30th of October, with the 30th being the, the runoff. So it's been six weeks ago, and you've been on this from day one, day-to-day following it. Do you want to give us an overview of what's happened before we get into some of the nitty-gritty stuff? Sure. Uh, so I, you know, I've been following Brazil. I never expected Latin America to be my beat, as we discussed last time. You know, I've got Polish family roots, Polish citizen, a lot of time in Europe, uh, working, you know, Poland, Hungary, Sweden, Britain, France, Germany, Belgium, Italy, uh, Spain. Uh, you know, Europe's my beat, you know, working right wing party, uh, covering uh, the, the populist movements, sovereignist movements. But last year, in September 2021, I went down to uh, CPAC Brazil to speak about media and other issues and was with Jason Miller. And we met with Jair Bolsonaro and set up a meeting for us. And that was widely covered. And we were detained at the airport by the uh, by uh, the Supreme Court, which, as we'll discuss, is a not really a court as much as a dictatorship. Uh, it's a bunch of uh, political appointees who are running roughshod over Brazilian constitution and rule of law. They detained us and interrogated us and wanted to know who we met with, uh, wanted us to literally write down names of politicians, journalists, activists, very Stasi-like, so that they could be added to the enemies list. Uh, obviously, we declined to take part in such exercise, but we were held there and we were finally let go. And I sort of wanted to understand what, what just happened there. I knew it was bad. I knew that there was a strong bifurcation in Brazilian society along political lines, much like the U.S., much like uh, Poland, much like many countries in Europe and the West. And what I discovered in the following eight, nine months was, as I really did deep dives into the people, the players, the politics, that it has been a judicial dictatorship, an autocracy by the judiciary. You know, judges, in theory, judges are supposed to adjudicate rule of law, constitutionality, especially at the Supreme Court level. And here you had a Supreme Court led by a guy who was appointed by the same political cabal as Lula da Silva, the the guy who just ran against Bolsonaro for president. And by background, he was president before, uh, and he was convicted of many crimes, public corruption, was sent to prison. 
but he appointed a lot of judges before that. And after he went to prison, his uh, vice president slash chief of staff, it's really called chief of staff there, sort of the second in line to the throne uh, in the executive branch. Dilma Rousseff, she served as president for a few years before she was ensnared in the same corruption game, uh, the, the very famous Operation Car Wash, where the Marxists, and they really are, Sao Paulo Forum Marxists, uh, people that uh, sort of come from the same sort of ideological bent, uh, and this includes Chavez and Maduro, and we'll go through some of the Forum Sao Paulo people uh, that have swept Latin America, uh, but she was also convicted and impeached. And then Temer came in and, and served out the rest of her time before Bolsonaro was elected. Now, all these judges on the Supreme Court, not all of them, uh, two were appointed by Bolsonaro and eight were appointed by Lula, Dilma and Temer. Lula and Dilma, eight, and then Temer was one. Alexander de Marais, this uh, Supreme Court head, uh, was uh, appointed by Temer, a uh, former Sao Paulo prosecutor. And he basically prosecutes from the bench. And he has given this court just, you know, Otto von Bismarck said, politics is the art of the possible. He's just taking control. These are not endowed rights, constitutionally endowed rights that the court has. But as I wrote about in this long article that I aired to really break down this uh, dynamic ahead of the election, uh, a week or so ahead of the uh, the first round of the Brazilian election, I wrote this, I published this in September. The first round was October 2nd, as you noted. Uh, and I wrote that these are guys that if you could roll up the powers in the U.S. corollary would be uh, the Supreme Court on a constitutional uh, law basis, uh, the prosecutors like the heads of the DOJ, uh, like uh, or justice minister in European parliamentary parlance, uh, the head of the prosecutor's office, the head of the investigative criminal division. Uh, you know, they've got subpoena power. They've got a law enforcement that they uh, have taken over, like an FBI uh, or an MI5, I think it would be in the UK, where it would be, you know, domestic uh, criminality, the police that would come and have sort of jurisdictional rights federally, nationally, as opposed to locally. And you rolled up all these powers in the U.S., like Sony Sotomayor and Eric Holder and Jared Nadler and Merrick Garland and uh, legislative mem members of the legislature who are political animals. You rolled up all these powers you would have Marias in the Supreme Court. And so, of course, they're running roughshod over Brazilian society with these powers in their hands. Uh, they're censoring journalists. They're arresting journalists. They're censoring politicians from Bolsonaro's camp, uh, and they're arresting them. They've Over the last two to three years, they've been at war with the right. Everything that they that the right uh, accuses them of, they then get convicted of. They say the right says the court is uh, assaulting democracy and constitutional law. So then they get arrested for the charge of assault on democratic institutions. If you criticize the court for overreaching, for, for abusing its power, then they actually arrest you or censor you, force you to be deplatformed by big tech under the guise of your assault. It's an assault on uh, institutional democracy, which is incredible projection. We know the left likes to project. But I mean, this is whole new levels of, of, of evil hypocrisy uh, in a political sphere. Uh, so they've put uh, uh, politicians under house arrest, journalists. Uh, there's a journalist who has been uh, in exile in the U.S. Recently, uh, Marias revoked his passport. Uh, they tried to uh, execute an Interpol red notice against him because of what he writes. Again, journalism, writing. There's not violence. There's not calls for uh, coups or insurrection. This is him writing very, very well-founded. Uh, in constitutional law about their overreach. And so they tried to get Interpol to arrest him in the U.S. and extradite him to Brazil so they can put him in prison. Uh, obviously, Interpol declined to execute this red notice uh, because they saw the frivolity and the abuse that it, that was inherent in it. Uh, so, I mean, that's sort of like how we entered into this election uh, uh, 
cycle. Uh, and at the same time, very important to note, Lula da Silva was convicted by three separate courts long before Bolsonaro was appointing any judges anywhere. Uh, this was 2015-16, uh, the, the trials. Uh, convicted by three separate courts, 12 charges, 19 judges. 19 judges across three courts, so like tribunal instead of juries. It's you know a bunch of judges on a panel unanimously voted to convict him. You know, people 2012 uh, uh, when he was... Uh, when he was pushed out of office, there were protests in the street uh, and the military helped defend those protests because they saw what he was doing. It was widely exposed that he was selling state assets to China for cash in bags, laundering it through car wash, chain of car washes owned by this uh, party's friends. Uh, that's hence the name Operation Car Wash. And it was his judges that he appointed or his uh, subsequent uh, president appointed or the subsequent president to that appointed who let him out of prison. Uh, Annul vacated his sentences and then annulled the convictions and expunged his record. So let him out of prison, annulled the sentences, first pending never entering appeal, claiming that the courts didn't have jurisdiction. Now, he 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 was uh, convictable in any court in the country because he stole from the whole country. Uh, so that's a, that's a canard. Total bullshit. Uh, and then they just said, pending never under appeal, you're now free. And then as the appeals started, which never really went through, because before there ever was an appeal heard, they vacated and annulled and expunged his record. And why is that important? Because in Brazil, there's a law, if you're a convicted felon, you cannot run for office. Yeah. So, I mean, this this seemed to be that, that the Supreme Court wanted Lula to run. I mean, a 12-year sentence suddenly disappears under the order of the Supreme there. Court. So he can run. Oh. 580 days out of a 12-year sentence he served, and he got off light because there should have been many, many more prosecutions. Uh, and there might have been had this not played out because they were always discovering more stuff on the public corruption, whether selling state assets, diverting state funds to friends, uh, including the mainstream media, who is truly dyed-in-the-wool leftists and uh, Marxist sympathizers. Uh, you saw on election night when they announced it for Lula, uh, claps. There were two places where there were you know, uh, audible cheers, the newsrooms of the mainstream press and the prisons. There are videos of the prisons and everybody in the prisons is clapping and whoop, whoop, whooping about Lula. His base is narco-traficantes. He even wears a hat from a famous Rio, uh, Rio de Janeiro uh, uh, guerrilla narco-trafficking group called CPX. He, the, he wore the hat in his limited campaigning. He couldn't really campaign too widely because everybody knows he's a corrupt, convicted felon and he would you know, be met with jeers even when he was certified on Monday. Uh, there was nobody there supporting him. And, you know, the one thing leftists do really well is they go to the streets and they protest. This is they turn them out uh, frequently astroturf. They try to make themselves look bigger and more prevalent than they really are in terms of uh, representation in society. Meanwhile, you've got 10 million Brazilian patriots, by my estimate, over the last 46 days now uh, on the streets of every city in Brazil. And predominantly, obviously, Brasilia, the capital, but also Rio, Sao Paulo, Belo Horizonte, even places that are leftist strongholds in the north, like Recife, Bahia, everywhere. And the revolution will not be televised. None of the global mainstream press is covering it at all. The largest human manifestations in at least a democratic country may be during the late stages of communism when people went to the street in places like Hungary and Czech Republic and Poland. Uh, there might have been you know, comparable numbers per capita. And remember Brazil, big country, sixth largest country in the world. Uh, third largest economy in the Western Hemisphere and second largest country in the Western Hemisphere after U.S., Canada, then Brazil. Uh, massive, 220 million people. And you have a, a measurable amount of representation per capita on the streets. Rain, shine, monsoon, 
whatever. They're there a lot of times outside military barracks, praying and begging the military to come and save them. And this is a point Bolsonaro made that I'm absolutely co-opting and using in a speech he gave at, he invited the protesters into the, the grounds of the Alvarado Palace, the White House, Buckingham Palace, the, the presidential residence. He gave a speech last Friday, uh, then did a demonstration and a prayer vigil on Sunday, and then another one on uh, Monday. And uh, by the way, letting, I mean, how populous is that, letting people into the presidential uh, grounds uh, so that he could, you know, walk up, hug people. And by the way, he could walk through a crowd and nobody would hurt him. They would hug him. They would love him. Lula cannot go anywhere without a hundred plus security guards because everyone wants to rip him shred from shred, limb from limb like Gaddafi. Uh, and the police who are on his detail are tipping off the protesters where he is. So they come and protest. With, like when he was at a hotel last week or a week and a half ago meeting Jake Sullivan, Biden's uh, national security advisor, because obviously they're part of the fix. Global global leftism works together. Uh, you know, if the military does not act, if they do not invoke Article 142 of the Brazilian Constitution, which is very constitutionally uh, uh, fitting and relevant here, uh, it says in separated power disputes, which certainly exists right now between the judiciary and the executive branch, as well as election fraud, they have a constitutional right to uh, audit the election. And in their attempt to do so, the TSE, a subsidiary court to the Supreme Court, the STF, uh, blocked them out. They wouldn't give them the machines. They wouldn't give them the source code. They wouldn't give them the tabulation data. Uh, so they have very much uh, grounds to act uh, and stabilize society. And the Constitution says the military is the stabilizing force uh, in society because they're the institution that's most governed and built up by the fundamentals of hierarchy and discipline and order. And if you notice on Brazilian flag, it's order and progresso, order and progress. Uh, so you can't have progress unless you have order. And if you look at Latin America's history, military coups, you know, there was one in 1965 that lasted 20 something years. Uh, they have a lot of belief in rule of law at this stage. Brazil is one of the most successful constitutional republics in terms of really taking to Western uh, classical liberal standards of uh, rule of law and freedom. Uh, they do not have the unfettered First Amendment the U.S. has, but they do have the right to assemble and protest and use their voice. That's constitutionally protected. And then as they're trying to exercise that, Marias, who, by the way, is also the head of the TSC, the Supreme Electoral Court, so the subsidiary court that oversees the elections. Uh, so the chicanery, uh, the pure evil, I mean, they're arresting now uh, indigenous peoples who have become protest leaders. Indigenous peoples saw they were disenfranchised because they were historically left-wing voters. All their votes in many of these precincts went to Lula, even though they physically voted for Bolsonaro. And they say, what gives? The left has used them as a a tool, a device for pushing their agenda for generations. Their petition, the UN uh, Committee on uh, Indigenous Rights, uh, and said, hey, what gives? You're supposed to protect their indigenous rights, but I guess that only works if uh, we vote the right way, which is left. Uh, so they've been ignored, and now they're arresting them. They arrested, they violently arrested one of the major guys, uh, the, the chief of the Givenchy tribe, on Monday after the certification, in what I believe is an attempt to try and get the protesters to increase and escalate their volatility mm -hmm. and then inject violence. And, and the left did inject violence. Antifa came in, very few, but enough that they burned some buses, burned some cars, broke some windows. And of course, Reuters uh, took Globo, which is sort of CNN of Brazil, major mainstream media, dominant media player, uh, took their account. Bolsonaro protesters are violent and you know set fire to cars yeah. and break windows of cars. And by the way, every car window that was broken had a Brazilian flag on it, or the symbol of this uh, movement, the Brazil was stolen flag, which is a Brazilian flag that's black and white with Brazil was stolen on it. And so those are the windows getting broken. Uh, and there were even gas masks. I mean, in 45 days, 46 days, there had not been a single incidence of violence. 
uh, vandalism, arson. And you know how we know there wasn't a single incidence? Because if there was even a single incidence, it would be the only thing Globo was running. It'd be the only thing mm-hmm. they're sending to their, their fellow traveling, useful idiot leftist Marxists uh, across the globe, whether that's Reuters or BBC or Washington Post or New York Times. But it's been crickets. It's been crickets. Even the New York Times did run a few uh, reports, uh, dispatches by Jack Nikas, their correspondent in Brasilia, saying that it's a little bit uh, worrisome. Uh, about the powers that Marias has taken and abused, censoring politicians. At mm. the same time, the courts previously said that Bolsonaro should be uh, held criminally liable for blocking trolls on his Twitter, as the same court is saying, and personal Twitter, the same court is saying uh, we can remove the voices of anybody we claim is assaulting democratic institutions by criticizing us, including Bia Kisis, one of the leading senators, uh, major uh, parliamentarians, uh, House of Deputies, lower house members of the legislature, Gustavo Geyer, Nicholas, uh, Nicholas uh, Ferreira, uh, Carlos Zambelli, tons of journalists. Today, they just arrested four more journalists, well, a mixture of journalists, a pastor and an elected. I think it was two journalists, a pastor and elected. Four more arrests. Uh, so, you know, Marais has said that if the protesters stay out there, they're going to start proceedings to take away protesters' kids uh, because they say it's child abuse. Uh, obviously, lefties, you know, brainwash their kids and bring them to all sorts of manifestations, frequently violent ones, if you look at the Antifa types. Uh, so it's uh, it's pretty fucked up there. It's pretty fucked up. Where, where does Bolsonaro, because Bolsonaro basically was silent for like 45 days and suddenly had that... Um, not press conference, but he engaged with his supporters. Uh, that was on what Friday, Saturday, and that was the first time he stepped in, said, "No, we're going to win. We're going to fight this." Um, well, I didn't say some- that directly. It's not in his hands, you know. Okay. And, I, and I know a lot of people around him. I've got very good sources, whether it's military people, legislative people, executive branch people in the ministries, as well as around Bolsonaro advisors. And so I'm getting some really good, uh, good feel. Nobody's telling me anything mm-hmm. directly because it's so fog of war. Nobody knows. And of yeah. course, when you're talking to government sources. Everybody has their own agenda and strategy. So you'll hear a lot of different things. I'll talk to one guy who says, no, we're going to, we're acting tomorrow. We're going to do this. Another guy goes, nothing's happening. Another guy says, we're going to do it this way in three days. And by the way, none of these things are probably in motion. They're just trying to push their strategy that they want and have me run it out as a reflexive sort of, uh, you know, uh, create a self-fulfilling prophecy through the media. But the, the, the timeline is important. Bolsonaro did not concede the night of. He did not concede the next day. On Tuesday, he came out at 3 o'clock or 2 o'clock and gave a little press conference, spoke for two minutes, and said, follow the Constitution. We will follow the Constitution. You know, uh, if you want to pro- if you believe protesting is warranted and assembling, that's your constitutional right. Go, go to it. Uh, then his chief of staff, who's kind of a technocrat, said, we're going to uh, follow the transition protocols, also uh, constitutionally. But that wasn't a concession. That was them just trying to figure out what their move would be. They were going to engage in this audit. The military was blocked out in their audit. In the meantime, there's been lots of fraud discovered. Uh, their political party, the Liberal Party, Party of Party of Liberal, uh, Bolsonaro's party, put their own report together about fraud. And what did the court do with it? They fined the party uh, 22 million reals, about four or five million bucks. And put the head of the party, who is an elder statesman in Brazilian politics, been around for generations, a very serious guy. Nobody would has ever accused of anything untoward. Put him on a criminal law, uh, the same fake news investigation list he's been writing. So put him on the criminal list. 
that they're going to investigate him for criminal activity. Now, by the way, they're adding all sorts of other people, Bolsonaro's former cabinet members and previous in the first part of government. Now they're going on criminal lists where they're going to be investigated by this court. Um, there's no grounds. There's no due process. There's no probable causes we have on the U.S. constitutional basis for such things. But, hey, Marxists do what Marxists do. Communists do what communists do. We've seen that all over the world. Uh, if So the timeline, go back to the timeline. So he didn't say anything for a couple of days. Then he went silent. A couple of times he went out waved, uh, moved through people, but no public statements. And I think that was smart. This is not about Bolsonaro. This is what I've tried to drum home, whether it's on Tucker Carlson or on Bannon's show or on Emerald Robbins show or whoever, that this is not about Bolsonaro. This is about the Brazilian constitution, the Brazilian transition in power, Brazilian elections. This is not a cult of personality. Bolsonaro, if the military acts, is not going to be engaged in a coup. Uh, this is would be a quelling of a coup by the judicial dictatorship, uh, what the military has a constitutional right to do to defend against enemies, sovereign, uh, defend the sovereignty and against the sovereign's enemies, the nation state's enemies, foreign and domestic, within and without. They have buffered the borders because Venezuela and Chile keep threatening that if Lula is not seated, they're going to invade. These are, you know, one team, one dream communists, uh, you know, Chavez is school. Uh, but then last Friday, he gave a speech. And then Sunday, the vigil. And in between the time, there have been some military edicts signed uh, expanding the reserve. They expanded the reserves a week ago. And the site crashed the second they put up a site saying, if you want to be in the Brazilian reserves. And the site crashed within moments because it was so overwhelming. Right. Uh, they just uh, passed one yesterday or Bolsonaro, the defense ministry, pushed through one yesterday about mobilization of emergency food suppliers and an expedited contracting process. Tells me something's kind of up. Uh, and people I know in the military, connected to the military, have been absolutely quiet with me, which, by the way, good thing. I got a big mouth. I am who I am. I'm a journalist. If I know something, I'm probably going to run it out. Uh, so it's good they're silent with me on this. If they're, if they're you know, going to bring something to bear uh, in this process, then, uh, then they should be doing it by the book, by their way, and not leaking it to me or you know, anybody in the Western or domestic media. Uh, that being said, uh, the military has moved. Uh, we, there are videos all over. Uh, uh, yesterday morning at 4.30 a.m., there were what was described as, uh, uh, well, you know, drills or practice or, you know, routine practicing, whatever they call it, uh, right by the Venezuelan border, columns and columns of uh, soldiers, uh, you know, because Venezuela is a, a risk point, as is uh, Peru, as is uh, Colombia, as yeah. is Chile. They're all led by the same milieu of Sao Paulo form Marxists. And we'll go into Sao Paulo form in a moment. Uh so the military is moving. There have been firefights in the favelas with uh, what's rumored to be Venezuelan paramilitary operators that move through these sort of drug trafficking networks. Because uh, if you recall, you know, Venezuela is laden with that, just as Colombia was with FARC. And uh, there's another uh, FARC-like uh, narco-trafficking uh, paramilitary guerrilla group that Petro, the new head of Colombia, was a longtime member of. So the Sao Paulo Forum, where all these people were incubated, people have to recall, was founded in 1990. It was founded in 1990 by two people. Lula and Fidel Castro. Tells you a lot. Tells you a lot. Uh, why 1990? Because in 89 to 91, the Soviet Union was falling. Soviet Union was the big funder of Cuba and all the Latin American uh, Marxist guerrilla movements to try and create a Orwellian-style continental nation-state construct. In Orwell, there were three major nation states, uh, Eurasia, uh, Oceania, whatever the other one was. And so this is, you know, always been the vision for the Latin American Marxists. They believe the Bolivarian, uh, Simon Bolivar, and he's, he is to, you know, whoever politically who they want him to be. The conservatives hold up the Bolivarians, uh, Bol Bolivarianism as the Marxists do. But Marxist Bolivarianism suggests we have to break down all the borders, 
of Latin America, of South America, just make one continental super state led, of course, by Marxists. This is right out of Orwell. Uh, Sao Paulo Forum was formed when Soviet Union money stopped coming in. Cuba needed, you know, how do we, you know, operate this and build this out? Marxist uh, workers, the proletariat of the world, workers of the world unite. So Lula and Fidel got together and all sorts of other criminals from across that continent. And they incubated such wonderful political leaders and talent as Hugo Chavez, Nicolas Maduro, Evo Morales, R.C., the Morales uh, subsequent leader in Bolivia. Uh, Fujimori had some connections, certainly Castillo, who just tried to run this coup uh, last week uh, and dissolving Congress, dissolving the legislature, Sao Paulo Forum, the Kirchners, uh, I mean, uh, Fernandez. I mean, it's a who's who of the war, Ortega. I mean, you name, if there's a Marxist in Latin America, he was incubated by the Sao Paulo Forum. And the head of the Sao Paulo Forum in Brazil, a woman named Monica Valenti, she's a part, but they even use words like party secretary. It's like they, when people tell you who they are, believe them. Party secretary, she, uh, she's head of Lula's transition now. And she said uh, early on, right after October 30th, we need to protect Brazil's democracy like we have to protect Maduro's hard fought Venezuelan democracy. And they really believe it. They really believe that Venezuela is the kind of democracy they'd like to make Brazil. So the Brazilian people aren't stupid. Modern history, pre-modern history, they know Latin American history, communism in all across Latin America, what's happened in Venezuela, what just happened in Chile with Boric, another young Marxist revolutionary from the Sao Paulo Forum, uh, and, and Petro in Colombia. They, 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 they know it. They, they haven't lost the plot. They get it. And we will never be communist is one of their refrains. Give us paper ballots is another one. Give us audible ballots. And that's a whole great, you know, uh, saga we can get into. Bolsonaro pushed it as a congressman and got a paper balloting bill, a backup paper ballot against the machines. So you have the machines, but you also have a paper ballot print up that then gets locked for audit purposes. And so when I was in Brazil last September, there was tons of chance in the Freedom Independence Day March, give us paper ballots, give us audible ballots. Bolsonaro, as a congressman, and I think it was 2016, maybe it was a little or 15, uh, got a bill passed which, by the way, getting bills passed in Brazilian legislature, very, very tough. I mean, there's essentially, I put it on a spectrum of five different, uh, There's do- it's like parliamentary politics, there's dozens of parties, but there's really five cohorts. You've got far right, center right, center, center left, and far left. So figure 20%, give or take. By the way, going forward in this next session, uh, far right and center right are dominant because Bolsonaro down ballot, pulled everybody over, over the line, governors, senators, lower house legislators. Uh, it was like unheard of level of galvanized uh, unity uh, and performance for the right mm-hmm. in Brazil. So the fact that he lost to Lula, we all know it's bullshit. We all, yeah. there's no way. None of these politicians even exist except for his endorsement. Yeah. And they won overwhelmingly in places that were left to strongholds for 50 years, that they're now going to be you know, led on the provincial level and the, uh, on the federal level statewide by Bolsonaro people, whether they're, you know, far right or center right, but they're all together one thing, anti-communist, anti-socialist anti, uh, you know, Sao Paulo Forum, anti-China, anti-globalist. They believe in Brazilian sovereignty and they believe mm-hmm. in God, uh, which does bring them together. But so so Bolsonaro gets this bill passed. Dilma Rousseff is president. So I guess it was, it was pre-16. She vetoes it, goes back to legislature, and the Congress overrode her veto with a super, super majority. Never happens. So then what happens? Supreme Court comes. And by the way, her veto was predicated on something I find hilarious. It's like truth is stranger than fiction with these idiots. Uh, She vetoed it because it would cost too much to put a printer, a $100 printer next to their $20,000 voting machine. 
So she said, oh, no, fiscally, it would be irresponsible. Have you ever known a socialist or a communist to cite fiscal policy as to why they shouldn't spend money, spend government money? Of course not. It's a fig leaf. It's a canard. It's ridiculous. So the Supreme Court takes this congressionally overrode uh, veto uh, legislation and they nix it on constitutional grounds, but on bullshit. They said it would be it would open up privacy concerns. Mm. Now, at the same time, by the way, I've exposed with the Argentinian forensic analyst, uh, Fernando Ceramito, who's in uh, hiding in Argentina because they want to really go at him because he's exposed huge amounts of fraud from day three uh, after the election. We expose that Oracle has a uh, undisclosed contract to suck up everybody's private data. Uh, so all the voting data, all the personal data, uh, you know, the Ministry of Information is being run out of the Electoral Court, uh, overseen by Marias. So more corruption, more communist Stasi tactics. They've got the Praetorian Guard and the uh, Federal Police Force who are arresting Indigenous peoples and journalists and harassing Miller, Jason Miller and myself when we uh, when we're in Brazil uh, and detaining us, surveilling us. Uh, which uh, the mainstream press had the day before we left that broke on the news wires there that we were being surveilled from the moment we landed, which I told them. I mean, like I've dealt with stuff in Poland and Central yeah. Europe, spent time in Ukraine, I've spent time all over the place. So I said, we're probably being surveilled. He goes, hey, whatever. I said, then when that news story broke, he goes, he was like, oh, oh, well, you were right. And I said, well, we're probably going to be detained at the airport tomorrow. And he goes, oh, shit. I go, no, it's going to be good. It'll be great. <laughs> Made a big international incident. I, I credit Marias for getting me off the uh, sidelines. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been doing jack shit on Brazil. I wouldn't have been doing. Uh, I wouldn't have been doing. You know, deep dives into the yeah, South yeah. Palo Forum and the who appointed the judges and who they're friends with and what laws they're breaking and who they put in prison unjustly and under house arrest. Uh, I wouldn't have any you know edge on Brazilian politics and society if it wasn't for Marias detaining us and me getting you know intrigued. I don't like getting detained uh, illegally, so I like to punch back. So here we are. So now I've been doing 10 to 20 hours of press a day. So as a lot of Brazilians say, they want to if they if the military comes in and they they circumvent Lula uh, and the completion of this coup that's been run out of the judicial dictatorship, uh, then there's I think there'll be a push to give me honorary citizenship, which I'd be all about. I, I love Brazil. I love the Brazilian people. Brazilian women are the most beautiful women in the world. The food is like the best food in the world. The weather, the the cities, just the whole, the people are just so awesome. They're so thoughtful. They're so intelligent. They're so motivated to protect their society. They they understand the difference between rule of man and rule of uh, rule of God. You know, higher higher natural law. And you know, even the truckers, the truckers blockaded. It was like Canadian trucker blockades. And no, all due respect to the Canadians, they do a you know, great job on that. But they got busted up pretty quickly. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't a huge amount of the population saying we're going to we're willing to stay here forever, how long it takes. The Brazilians are willing to blockade the ports and the roads and the major arteries. Brazil's one sixth of the world's food supply. They're willing to blockade it forever if need be. They're willing to starve to protect their sovereignty because they know that if they lose it, if they lose their their constitutionally protected natural rights of natural law and their constitutional rights that have been that they've worked toward in building a a, a robust constitutional republic, if they lose that, mm. it's gulags. And I think the military knows that too. Uh, so I think the military. But Lula even said last week he even publicly stated who he's going to replace all the high command military generals with his communist cronies. So if they're not motivated to act, then you know what? To be honest, they deserve to go to the gulag. They deserve to have their hands um, Here, t- Tell me more about the military. And I love Brazil as much as you, and I've only been once, but a beautiful country. Uh, but t- tell me about the, the military. Where where do they fit in? Where, where is the clash? Where is their allegiance? I mean, you've talked about the legal side, about the Supreme Court and the battles legally, uh, which reminds me of the same situation in the US and in the uh, in the 2020 elections but over the military 
which is again quite different. And I guess from anyone in the West, you you don't think of the military as being separate from the government or separate from the judicial. It's just all in one. But I guess Latin America is quite different. So where did the military fit into this? Because I read a number of reports of the military being on the sidelines. What what does that mean? And well, who are the they military, accountable to? The military penned, you know, a 65-page report about the, the, the elections and saying, you know, we can't prove fraud yet because you won't give us the machine source code and tabulation data. But it certainly doesn't look good. And the fact you're blocking us out, the military, and, you know, Latin America's got this history of, you know, communism, then reaction back, and mm. Pinochet was an anti-communist reactionary. He threw the communists from helicopters, which I would never condone until watching, until getting to know Brazil. <laughs> to be honest, Marias and these judges who have so subverted rule of law and arrested their political enemies, it, it, just as bad, just on a level of the Soviet Union, of Stalin, of Khrushchev, of Brezhnev, of Lenin, of Dzerzhinsky, I mean, they will, they are ends justify the means leftists and they're corrupt as shit. I mean, it, the Politburo will live well, and, you know, Animal Farm, uh, uh, you know, the, the the Napoleon and Snowball will live high on the hog. Uh, and these people are totally corrupt. It's their friends mm-hmm. they're going to feed and everybody else. And they'll rob the wealth of the country, sell to China, give it to help buffer Cuba. You remember when Lula was there last time he was giving Petrobras. Petrobras was a big center of the, yeah. the biggest company in the in the country. It's the state oil giant. And they were helping uh, uh, buffer and, and support Cuba and Venezuela uh, and selling to China. Uh, so there, 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 this is a repeat. I think the military knows, given the history, you know, there's a lot of generals who actually have not remained silent. They're not, you know, running their mouth off the way I do, uh, or the way Miller does, or the way our friends who are, you know, analysts, journalists, and political activists do. They're military guys. And by the way, Bolsonaro was a career military guy before entry politics. But... Uh, they have made public statements. Uh, one of them, uh, a guy, who, and a lot of these military guys have also gone into politics when they retire, very senior mm. guys. Uh, so there's a very strong connection ideologically and politically. But there are some scumbag military guys as well. There were four guys that Paolo Figueredo, an exiled journalist uh, here in Florida, uh, who's left Brazil because he can't go back for the same reasons that Alan Dos Santos is exiled in Virginia. That's who they put the red notice for, revoked his passport. Uh, and by the way, they've also revoked issuance of new passports because I think they don't want anyone to escape the impending communism because they want to go after everyone. You know, I mean, this is a court that was airing private businessmen's WhatsApp messages when they were bashing the court and saying we defend Bolsonaro. So they publicized it and then they tried to arrest them. Business guys, just normal guys, not break any laws, just saying the court's really running amok. OK, we're going to subpoena the stuff because they hear about it or they leak it. And then they they air it all. I mean, really dirty pool, Soviet style tactics, Stasi style tactics. Uh, but uh, the, the Paolo Figueroa named four general, three or four generals who were trying to push back on any military guys who are saying we should invoke Article 142, we need to take action, saying, no, no, we'll be fine under Lula, trust us. Paolo named them publicly and effectively took them off the field. And there have been rumors in the last couple of days that they'll be fired in the next few days by the defense ministry and Bolsonaro. Uh, Hopefully they will. Also important to note that Bolsonaro has still elevated other generals. There have been ceremonies that have gotten publicized, uh, you know, putting the, you know, the the new uh, rank on the chest of a couple of naval guys, a couple of generals. so there are there is movement, but there are a few very senior generals. And by the way, Brazil is the most social media engaged country in the world. So when you lose your social media voice, whether you're a politician or whoever you are, it's a big deal there. Uh, and you can't see, some of the politicians who have been leading the charge, calling out the court, who have lost it. The generals have said that is unconstitutional. Uh, one general who's uh, who is a running mate for Bolsonaro, Hamilton Morale, a political guy now, very well respected. And again, because. 
uh, Brazil has so much social media engagement. These yeah. generals have like two million followers. They have as many followers as you know the the the, the party leaders, the legislator leaders in the Senate and the, the Chamber of Deputies, the lower house of the legislature. Uh, so they. Uh, they they have gravitas when they say something. Hamilton Morale was the first one to come out. This was a few weeks ago. This was like right after the second round. And he said uh, he cited on the anniversary, the 87th anniversary of a uh, communist insurgency, the first one in Brazil in 1935 that came from within the military. He said, we put that one down and we are on guard. We are ever vigilant. Another one said, echoed those statements a few days later. Another general said, load up on food, gas, and uh, and cash, which, you know, tells you a little bit of something. You know, just said public public announcement, public service announcement, load up on food, fuel, and cash. I mean, that kind of tells you something. I think something's coming. I think they were waiting. I was incorrect in my initial assessment about the certification, which is very equivalent to the January 6th in the U.S. with yeah, a certified yeah. president. Uh, and that's when they had Antifa come down from the hills and set buses on fire. And Reuters said, Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro supporters are setting buses on fire. Meanwhile, there's video of some of the guys who, had, who they were, they turn out the next day that some of these guys they found and they were paid 200 riyas to do it. They were vagabonds. They were, you know, homeless drifter, grifter types. Uh, and then there were, you know, some guys yelling, Foro Bolsonaro, which means out Bolsonaro. So, I mean, you know, but Reuters, uh, without uh, uncritically, unanalytically, just runs out what Globo says. Globo's even uh, said, I mean, to give you an example of how corrupted this media is, uh, they're all in the tank with the court. The court says we now need to arrest the first lady because mm. she was feeding the protesters, aiding and abetting the illegal protests, which, by the way, are not illegal. Uh, I, mean, it, I mean, it's a real mess. I mean, you see, the, and it's been so fluid. Gateway Pundit's been great on writing the stuff yeah. just as a plug. Uh, uh, Richard Abelson there has been covering like crazy. We talk every day. We compare notes. Yeah. On our sources and i've been doing a lot of this stuff the talking the live action tucker bannon you emerald gaffney on center csp just tons of this stuff uh live streams on getter uh so you know very very fluid another point i do want to make just to show you how big the fix was in uh in uh november the all eight of the dilma and lula and temer appointed justices went to new york for a meeting at the harvard club they convened a conference with the incoming Lula cabinet ministers. And by the way, he's supposed to be separated powers. Judges are supposed to, you know, judge the law, not party with their communist cronies. After they certified him, uh, uh, Lula, the other day, uh, Marias and a bunch of them went and partied with a well-known, together, Lula and them, with a well-known communist lawyer, uh, like a major communist figure down there. Uh, so, but in November in New York at the Harvard Club, they convened this conference with the incoming Lula cabinet ministers and these eight communist Marxist, Sao Paulo Forum, Lula, Dilma, Temer appointed judges. They booked the room well before the second round of the election months mm. ago. They knew. They knew. Uh, and for the, you to even say that, if you're in Brazil, you lose your social media. Or you even got potentially arrested, as they're doing now. Uh, so the certification, my, my mistake on timing was I thought that the certification was less of a formality and more of a big deal. And what I've learned since is it's not the only big deal is does Lula walk up the ramp, as they say, that's the sort of terminology. Walk up the ramp and the equivalent of a swearing in for the president where he puts his hand on the Bible in the US, walk up the ramp and accept you know, the sash and become anointed head of state. And that's on January, that's right after New Year's Day. So that'll be January 2nd or January 3rd. Uh, I think January 2nd, Monday, January 2nd. By the way, the certification was supposed to be this coming Monday, the 19th, but the electoral court moved it up to the 12th. No, no constitutional allowance for that exists. They just did it. Again, they are very Bismarckian. Politics is the art of the possible. Just do it. And hey, see what happens. Come at me, bro. Uh, so they, uh, they did the certification on Monday. And uh, after the certification, Marias gave a public statement saying, mission assigned, mission accomplished. 
I mean, they, they, it's like they don't even hide what they're doing. Mm. And then if you criticize them and point out the granular uh, fallacy of it all, then you get arrested. I mean, it's right out of Sovietism. Uh, it's pretty nuts. So, what, 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 where, where does the pressure come? Because there isn't any pressure from surrounding countries in Latin America. Democracy works to varied degrees in different countries. Okay. There is pressure. It's pressure from Venezuela, Colombia under Petro, Chile under Boric, Peru, <laughs> that they better suit seat Lula or they're going to invade. Another <laughs> okay. reason you're seeing military movement around the, uh, the countries yeah. chokeholds and border and securing the borders. Uh, but there's no, there's no, you know, they they have no allies, which yeah. is insane. I mean, a couple of, uh, a couple of people, Ted Cruz gave a moderately sympathetic statement, but none of the politicians in the West and the U S and Europe, Europe, nobody even knows what's going on. No, 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 Swedish no. press, Polish press, Hungarian press, Slovakian press, but right-wing press, alternative press, the way you and I always are. So this thing doesn't have a critical mass like the BBC or, uh, you know, Rye in Italy or Agency France press or, but, you know, TVP has been good. You know, Polish television has been good. Now I'm a contributor there, so because dual citizen. Uh, but they don't have any allies. I'm guessing the U.S. politicians who are aware of this, I've talked to many of them, and just said, you know, what's going on here? You should know what's going on here, guys. I mean, Marco Rubio runs Latin American policy in this country. He's like the hmm. guy. Uh, nothing. Nothing. Now, if, if Bolsonaro does see uh, Article 142 and vote, in theory, he has to sign a letter authorizing the defense ministry to activate the military and invoke this constitutional article. Some rumors say that it's been signed already. Uh, I would argue that the military should do this unilaterally and ignore the executive under the guise that he's a lame duck and he's essentially out of power. I know he's still in power. The problem is that the second something does happen that's kinetic and they take action, they raid the Supreme Court and the Electoral Court, they go out and they take the machines by force. By the way, we have a video of a Sunday in Sao Paulo a week after the second round, a Sunday afternoon, four o'clock, all the machines, not all, but a, a, a cache of machines, uh, voter machines from this. Uh, and by the way, some of the work done on this machine shows that certain modern series are programmed by default to annul votes and to be programmed, have communication mm -hmm. device and all the things that the laws passed on the running of the election, it flies in the face of. But this one cache in Sao Paulo of machines was being moved in boxes onto the back of a truck, an unmarked truck. And it looked to be unconfirmed, but looked to be a trucking logistics company because we got the weaponized autists everywhere, uh, that it was a truck belonging to a company that is run and owned by a PT Lula party legislator. So it tells you a lot. And the, the, the law is very clear, by the way. The machines can't be touched for 60 days. They can't be moved. They can't be disassembled. Can't be touched for 60 days. So a week after they're being moved. Uh, so there's you know a lot of different uh, things. But I think that if the military does take action, which I believe they will. I think they will. Even rumors that Bolsonaro has resigned as president uh, in a private military sort of convocation and given the powers of the executive branch to the military as a caretaker. I don't believe that's true, but it is floating around. So I'm throwing that out there just because it's one of the things I've heard from certain sources. Uh, I think that will get publicized pretty quickly if that were the case. But whenever anything does occur, something does occur, I believe that what you're going to see is the revolution now will be televised by the entire global media complex. And it will go, Bolsonaro executes military coup against democratic elections that elected Lula. Nowhere in those articles will it say that Lula was let out of prison by his appointees there for looting go. the country for 10 years. Nowhere will that be said. I read something in Brookings, their fucking embarrassment, uh, by an analyst uh, saying that Lula was the most popular president ever. His socialist policy, Bolsa Familia, uh, elevated so many people out of poverty uh, and he will win the, in a landslide because he's so popular and never even mentions he was convicted for anything. And nobody in the country, I mean, you go to stadiums 
uh, people were watching the World Cup uh, in stadiums, you know, they're watching it remotely, and they were chanting, or, you know, car races, they were chanting, uh, Lula's conv- uh, convicted thief, Lula's convicted thief. They call him Squid. His nickname across the country is Squid. Uh, it, it, and it ain't, it, it ain't for anything good. Uh so, I mean, but, you're going to see the global media, you know, take action uh, and run an info war. And then what's going to happen? I've told this to Bannon. I'll tell it to, you, to your audience. We need to get real vocal. That's why I'm doing so yeah. many of these things, because I want people to have real fact. And I'm, you know me, and I think people can hear me. I'm nothing if not comprehensive. I will throw out facts all day long and put them into context uh, so that we can fight back. Because the leftist media, the mainstream media, the global media, they ain't going to talk facts. They're going to say this, this, these poor maligned Supreme Court justices that Bolsonaro is trying to go over, never mention they're imprisoning journalists, they're deplatforming everybody, uh, that their, t- their ties to South Powell Forum, they'll never mention the South Powell Forum and how it was started by Fidel Castro and Lula in 1990. Lula's criminal history, Lula being close to all the drug gangs, wears a CPX hat, as I said. Uh, I mean, his base is criminals, criminals and media, though I, I, that's a redundancy, I guess. Here, just to, f- to finish off, wh- where does this leave, I guess, democracy in many parts? If if the system is electronic system that can't be controlled by those on the left, and the left also have a big hand in the judicial system, uh, as we've well, as we basically saw in the states, even when it went to the Supreme Court, actually they wouldn't call it out. Um, it's very different than where we are. I mean, in Britain, it's just this. The stupidity of our electorate, basically put to say, yeah, but you guys it's a paper some... ballot, so yeah, yeah, it's different. But you also have some some really shitty issues going on there, where rule of law is also under attack and it's not getting publicized. When constabulary constabularies can go to the homes of somebody for them tweeting something yeah, 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 and arrest yeah. them, as we've now yeah. seen several dozen times in lo- in the provinces, and these are not you know lefty strongholds, uh, then you know there this is fraying. Uh, you know, the Orwellian uh, dystopic vision is playing out thanks to yeah. big tech, thanks to the consolidated powers of information flow that government has control or access to. Uh, so, I mean, it, it is worrisome. Brazil is the bulwark. I, I say you watch Bannon. I say it on Bannon every single time. Brazil falls. The forum so power takes over. South America, a very wealthy continent. Brazil mm-hmm. itself, you know, one-sixth of the world's food, food supply, uh, but also iron ore, oil, uh, manganese, bauxite, tin, cobalt, copper, gold. I mean, very wealthy. Uh, the most – and Amazon, stuff in the Amazon. We don't even know the drugs and therapeutics yeah. that we're going to make from species of plants and bugs and shit that we don't even – we've never even discovered yet. And that's part of the play. It's the same thing that uh, uh, What's-Her-Face Maloney was saying uh, about France and the French colonies in Africa. Uh, yeah. You know, that, yeah. okay, you're, you're, you're so egalitarian as you rape – you're still raping the colonies of Africa even if they're quote-unquote independent. You're still treating them like protectorates. Uh, well, if uh, if Brazil falls, then all of Latin America is gone. We saw Colombia and Chile, the two furthest generally right nation states in Latin America, at least in South America, because uh, Guatemala is pretty decent and Honduras, give or take sometimes. Uh, but, you know, scaled up societies uh, if that have fallen now to the form of Sao Paulo and the left. Brazil falls. China owns all of South America. And that's obviously yeah. a threat to the Pax Americana in the West and the U.S. I mean, uh, AMLO, AMLO, uh, 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 Lopez Obrador in Mexico, also a Sao Paulo Forum guy. So, I mean, it's 
It ain't good. And there's a reason. I mean, the useful idiots of our side, the lefties on our side, who believe, oh, yeah, a little socialism and big government's fine. And oh, they're not even averse to communism. They're they're the uh, the proverbial, you know, what Lenin said. They're the capitalists who will sell us the rope with which they'll hang them. Uh, Biden, corrupt, comatose vegetable that he is, said, and obviously he didn't say it. He was he probably fell asleep at four o'clock after his ice cream cone or his jello. Uh, but he had said right after, like moments after the, the tabulation was done on the second round. Congratulations, Lula, for the fair, free, and credible elections. How the fuck would you know that one minute after the uh, the tabulation? Yeah, yeah. They don't have IRI, the International Republican Institute, whose job it is uh, to look at uh, election fraud around the world, silent. Organization of American States, silent. UN, silent. EU, silent. State Department, silent. NSA yeah. silent. NSA silent. I mean, it's like it, it's a giant global fix because they hate Bolsonaro like they hate Trump. Meanwhile, he's more popular maybe than any leader anywhere in the world. He's probably yeah. the most popular, at least in a country of more than 10 million people. And we're talking 220 million people. Yeah, absolutely. Matthew, thank you so much for your time. Our viewers and listeners can follow you at Matthew Tiermond. Uh, make sure and follow Matthew on Getter or Twitter for Keep Your Finger on the Pulse and also make sure and watch Gateway Pundit that are bringing daily articles, keeping you posted on yep. what is happening. So we'll and certainly watch this Bannon, closely. And Bannon's war room, I'm doing Bannon sometimes multiple times a day. He's kind of tipped the spear on this. Because Bannon and I were talking about Brazil for the last two to three years. Yeah. We saw yeah. what was going to happen. Uh, I wrote about this a year ago and talked about it. And then then obviously everything played out exactly as I wrote about, you know, and published in details in August, September. Uh, and so War Room, Emerald Robinson, I'm doing a few times a week. Uh, and it's already all over the place, posting as much as I can on uh, social media as I get information or as I do these segments uh, and, uh, and pods, I, I throw them up there as quick as I can so that people are informed and have information. And again, Brazilian people, the best people in the world, we need to stand with their uh, Brazilian uh, brothers and sisters in arms and cousins, because if they if they do not fell this coup, it will be Venezuela within a year. The gulags will start in a few months. They're hell, hell, he's not even present yet. They're already gulagging uh, people for arrest today. The indigenous uh, leader on Monday. They're already doing it. They've already censored. Now they're already starting gulagging. So I mean, we got to fight this. Yeah, completely, completely. Matthew, thank you so much. And to our viewers and listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you're listening, Podbean, any of the podcast and apps on the go, thank you so much for downloading and listening. And we will be back with you on Saturday with the news review. So thank you so much for tuning in, joining us. Have a good rest of your Thursday, Friday, and we'll see you on Saturday. So thank you and goodbye. If you like what we do, Sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.